This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 91, and this week I'm very excited to be joined by Mr. Kevin Kelly. Hello, Kevin. Hello, hello, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm still kind of jet lagged from the New Japan Cup tour. It's so, always, it's the same thing, right? It's always coming back that's worse. Yes. Yeah. Going over, always... going over, it's never an issue. And, and, um, some some of the wrestlers have a hard time sleeping in more than three or four hour, you know, uh, spurts. But I can get over there and I can sleep fine and be normal. But then when I come come home, I'm a wreck for yeah. a week. So I got one more day. As we're recording <laughs> this, I'll have one more day. I mean, that's exactly it's the same exact like because um, I've, I've done it twice too, going to Japan. And that's really exactly how it is for me too. The, when I get there. I'm totally cool, especially if I get like a good night's sleep. But coming back, I'm just dead for a week. It's a great way. <laughs> but I, I do know a couple of people that are like the exact opposite that are like, they really have a hard time adjusting when they get there. Oh. But have an easier time coming back. But, you know, especially when you're on vacation, I think it's better to be the former than the latter, you know? Yeah, come home from vacation and then be tired. That would be the, the way to go. Yeah. So you're actually the second member of the New Japan English broadcast team to be on Omakase. Do you know the first, or do you want to guess who it was? I'm going to guess, because I'm sure due to just overwhelming numbers of requests, I would be willing to bet that Yoshitatsu was probably the first, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't Yoshitatsu. Wait, wait what? No, who uh, was it? Uh, it was Chris Charlton last year. Uh, he's not a mem- Listen, he's not a member of the broadcast team. <laughs> Let's nip this in the bud right now. First thing we're going to talk about is Chris Charlton's ginormous ego. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the runaway train that could. It's the, you give him an inch and he's taking a mile. How many more cliches can I can I utilize here? Uh, definitely comes across on his Twitter feed. Thank you. Oh, yeah. so obnoxious. Um, but, yes, yeah, so the second member, I don't know who the third will be. We'll have to either we'll have to go hard at Rocky. It won't be Don Callis, judging by when you when you plugged Omakase. I don't know if you remember this, but you, when you plugged me and the podcast on, I think like a Cork and Hall show during this New Japan Cup tour, like Don yes. Callis just goes podcast. 
<laughs> well, that was him just, uh, that was him uh, poking, you know, in jest. Yes. But it was, I was like, I left so hard. Yeah. So. Uh, he, he yelled at me one time because I, I congratulated Okada on being voted number one in the PWI 500, being the first Japanese wrestler to do so. And he was like, why are you doing that? You know, on the air, this is how we do this. Uh, you know, basically some Mark magazine, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't say it was time or Newsweek. I just said, here's this. Um, you know, some people get their news from, you know, the National Enquirer. Other people get it from the Wall Street Journal. It just depends on, you know, what's in circulation by you. So, you know, Whatever. they must have buried his ECW run back in the day or something. Everybody did. It was awful. <laughs> It was awful. He didn't single-handedly kill that company, but he had his hand on the patient's throat. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's cool. I, I'm go- making my way to the broadcast team here. Um, but Kevin, it's really cool of you to agree to come on. Your second Voices of Wrestling podcast, actually, since you did the Super J cast a while ago now, though. I think, like, what, like six months ago? I was on... I can't remember. I can't remember if I did one with those guys or I did it with Colin and Damon way back when. No, I know I, I did was, one with them. It was definitely with Super Jcast because I I do remember this. It was oh. uh, Joel Joel never shot about it in the in the voice wrestling Slack. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here you are on Wrestling Omakase, a podcast you were kind enough to plug on the air, as I just mentioned, which I had no idea how that was gonna go. You would like you had plugged my work before during the uh, during the junior tag league, because I guess you had taken you know you had read read uh, the preview I had done on that, and I was like, well, if he's gonna plug me again in the Japan Cup, I may as well see if I can try to get oh, I'm like sure. Chris Charlton with the inch of the mile, just try to get the podcast in there too. Well, it's not like you were asking me to plug you know your your auto body shop or something like that. <laughs> it was kind of directly related to your work. Uh, that I was so it was a, it was very much a lateral plug. I was happy to do so. I just wanted to make sure I said it correctly. I was like I practiced it. <laughs> well, I found out. It's funny you said that because I found out I was saying it wrong for like six months before. And is that because of the it. the pronunciation of the third syllable as opposed to the second in Japanese? I know. I think what I was doing is I was saying basically in like if you look at it in English, I think you would say like zay, but that sounds like. You know, like they have a syllable z, you know, z instead of z. So I think I was saying it like z e instead of s e in Japanese. Oh, okay, it was my problem. Yeah, the the DDT English guy corrected me actually. <laughs> he just DM'd me one day and he was like, "You know, you're saying this wrong, right?" Like I appreciate all the DDT coverage, but you're saying oh my god, say it's wrong. my yeah, it's your own <laughs> show that you've named, <laughs> and now you're you're mispronouncing it. Yeah, that would be that would be just my luck too. So yeah. But Kevin, of course, we're here to talk about your first of all your New Japan English career, which you know has been going on now for well, about three and a half years now, right? You, you first yeah. started late 2015, right? Right. So you know, I, as a Japanese wrestling fan, going back a long time, you know this this kind of like constant English English language coverage of a Japanese wrestling promotion is not something I ever thought I would see, and it's really there's really no historical equivalent of it like there's there were a couple companies that like sort of 
dabbled in English language stuff like Noah and Dragon Gate both had some DVDs in like the mid the mid 2000s but nobody ever tried to do this like just live shows constantly especially as the schedule ramped up so I guess that's my first question what has it been like just just like adjusting to calling a Japanese wrestling promotion full time just doing something that no nobody else has ever done um you know are there any unique challenges in trying to just you know, you just don't, there's no, nothing for you to look back to. There is no other English language coverage of a Japanese wrestling promotion. You're pioneering something here. It so was is that maybe uniquely difficult? It was because I had nothing, I had nobody's work to steal. Um, <laughs> you know, again, I, if, if somebody was doing this before me, I could take what they were doing and put my own spin on it. But I know that there would be familiarity with the audience. And for whatever reason, they're making this change and they want to bring Kevin in now. Okay, great. So I'm going to do my thing, but I'm also going to try to marry it to what the fans have been used to hearing. Like you said, there wasn't any precedent set. So the first thing that I had to do was I had to learn the songs. And when I say the songs, I mean like each match has its own beat. And each wrestler in those matches affects the beat. So I had to learn... In addition to learning history, and because I didn't realize, excuse me, I'm, my son tried to poison me with dinner tonight. <laughs> so if I die here on the air, you guys, it'll be news. And it will, um, it will be news, that's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I didn't know what I didn't know until I knew I didn't know it. Um, I needed to really bone up on my history because that would be the thread to bring the new fans along. Oh, by the way, we were hoping to grow the audience and add more subscribers, which we've done. Um, you know, kind of resisting kind of the ebbs and flows of seasonality. We've been very consistent. And, but, but then, okay, so I couldn't just go at collegiate level because I knew there were a lot of new fans coming on board. Hey, what's this New Japan thing? Um, maybe they got exposed to it through access TV or through ROH or just through osmosis of being, I'm always reading this, you know, Okada's name on the internet. What is this guy all about? How do I watch this stuff? Um, okay. So we've got to have training. We got to have training wheels at the same time while we've got the racing bike. And I'm, I'm trying to make both sides happy simultaneously. So I had to learn the, I had to learn the songs and had to learn how to keep up with the beat. And I had to know the history and I had to make sure I was doing it. Um, at both, you know, an elementary level and at a close to a collegiate level, so that everyone would enjoy it. Now, when you like first started, obviously, and started getting comfortable, was there anything about Japanese wrestling and New Japan in general that just really surprised you that you just had no, um, you know? Because I'm assuming you knew you knew about it beforehand, but maybe you know didn't. Um, you know, I don't know how much you watched before and before you took well, the job. I'll tell you what, one thing, one thing that I did notice is that it wasn't as quiet as I thought it was going to be, that the fans do make quite a bit of noise and the, the people that they react to are the ones that are more open. You could do nothing in a match. And if you're over, you're going to get a reaction. Same has been true in wrestling since the dawn of time. Um, uh, nothing different about Japanese wrestling, but it was different for my American ears because whether it was how, you know, the file that I would listen to or whatever, I just, I had just gotten kind of used to 
Japanese wrestling having the peaks and valleys and, you know, polite applause and those types of things. But there's a, a noticeable din of audio in the arena the whole time. That was one thing that surprised me quite a bit, uh, pleasantly. And I was like, oh, good. It's not as, you know, because I always worry about talking loudly in a quiet arena. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want the wrestlers to hear me. Uh, and we're right at ringside, so it's a little tough sometimes. But um, so that was one thing that was good. And um, and then just really just getting to know the guys over time. Anytime I kind of liken it to listening to baseball on the radio. And if it takes a while to get to know the players on the team and to know their stories and to be able to know the personalities and how the little intricacies work. Uh, and then as we expanded the schedule, we began to sort of treat it more like daily episodic programming yesterday or at the last event, you know, a couple of days ago, here's what happened. And as a result of that, here's where we are now, whether it's a, you know, a, a tournament formats fit beautifully for that. But if we're on a tour, they were on the road to wrestling done Taku tour. We're going to culminate on the third and fourth up at Fukuoka. Um, Here's what's happening. Here's what we're leading to. It's 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 fun. Nobody does this English episodic stuff either. You know, day in day out coverage. Um, you get a weekly show. You'll get every weekend's live events. But sometimes you might get we we might do four shows in a week. Mm. So it it's really like it, it's more like baseball where there's almost a game every night. See, I'm glad you brought the schedule because I wanted to ask you specifically about that, which is I think is one of the big advantages Japanese wrestling has over American wrestling is I think the schedule just makes so much more sense, both from, you know, the telling stories aspect, but also from obviously you get these weeks long of action and then the guys peak for a big show and then they get two weeks off, you know? And I guess what I want to ask, you covered that a little bit, but like, what is, what do you think of the Japanese wrestling schedule? And do you, did you find that um, just better from the way that we do things here with the weekly television, the pay-per-views? Well, um, I think that the grind of the road is the grind of the road and how well you take care of your body and, you know, all those different things is important, whether it's, uh, as we just wrapped, you know, starting with the anniversary and ending uh, with the culmination of the New Japan Cup, 13 shows in 21 days. Or if you do three shows, you know, a weekend, uh, three shows on a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday, let's say every weekend, um, you might have 12 or 13 shows over 28 days. So I would like to think that you can enjoy the time off and having that those extra seven days to not wrestle, to not do something uh, is good and beneficial for your mind and for your body. So yeah, I like it. I think it's, it's nice and it makes everything sort of, everybody can take a little break. We can have a breath. Ah, Ooh, what's next. And then as opposed to each event, just completely co-joined, you know, uh, like a train from one car to the next. Yeah, I mean, it helps. I, I feel like it even helps us recharge as fans. So I imagine even as a broadcaster, it must be good just to have that, like, mellow period. Um, for whatever reason, I, I uh, 
By the way, I wished uh, Shota Umino uh, privately a, a happy birthday today, but his birthday is April 17th. He just messaged <laughs> me to say my birthday is April 17th. I read, I you know, translated a tweet, and I thought he was saying that he was celebrating his birth of whatever something year or whatever. I don't know. So, Translation, trans, Google Translate can do that to you for sure. Yeah, so he's probably all confused as he's, you know, waking up at the dojo. <laughs> but it's fun. Um, I I like. There isn't an aspect of it that I don't enjoy. I enjoy the travel. Um. The flight, we always say this, the flight is the work. <laughs> People go to work every day, right? And it, they have a commute to work, but then they're at work from eight until four or nine until five or whatever their hours are. Well, my work begins when I take off for either Atlanta or Detroit from good old Harrisburg International Airport here. And by the time I land in Dorita, it's the next day well that's my that's my work day okay and i'm good for work now then the rest of it is all right then the rest of it's just hey let's you know well where where do we start the tour at cork and beautiful right next door tokyo dome hotel i love it and then we'll eventually head out train or bus bus is preferred because it's always rough doing even though the shinkansen is amazing the one thing that they don't have is baggage storage so dealing with big suitcases is a pain in the ass yeah. Um, so I guess getting back to you know what you've what it's been like calling for calling the New Japan for you. Is there anything that stands out when you think of your early days in New Japan that maybe you had? Well, you did say already that you thought the crowds were quieter. So I guess anything else that over the first course of like a year or two, when you look back on it now, you realize um, maybe you were approaching this a little bit differently than you would now or something you think you've really improved at uh over the course of calling new japan for the last three and a half years i just i i sat down and i didn't for the first show i didn't even pull an all-nighter right like i hadn't been to class all semester i didn't pull an all-nighter i sort of glanced at the material and i thought ah it's wrestling i can call wrestling (laughs) Like, I knew it, kind of, sort of, but I didn't know it at the cellular level until the show started. And I was like, oh, no. There's so many guys. <laughs> multi-man matches. And you've got to have, like, one quick line. you got to have something. You can't go on a long soliloquy. I was like, because I had been used to longer matches in ROH and a lot of single matches. Mm. Easier to tell a longer story. But now I got to have one quick hitting line and I'll try to get them out of the way during the introduction. You know, uh, you know, I got a UG and I'll try to throw in a line there in between each name, just so that if somebody's tuning in, who's this guy? He was a former Olympian. He hates these young lions, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, Just something. So yeah, I just was like, Oh wow. I, uh, and again, didn't I didn't know how to study. I hadn't it wasn't like there was a um you know a course that I was attending that they had a syllabus for. This is how you should prepare for these shows. It was sort of up to me, but I didn't know anything about it. So then after that, and Damon like ripped me a new ass, and I was like, Okay, I know what I need to do now. Um and 
since then kind of set it out. But then it takes a while because then you then you start to um, as as you get into the community, you start to realize how many people there are in the community and, and different points of view and different things like finding you and finding voice of wrestling and listening to your podcast and hearing the different viewpoints on different things. So now you're starting to filter all of that through, and uh, you know these are these literally are voices of New Japan. Everybody is in this big community. Um, some may just watch, some may scream at their computer screen, some may be frequent contributors on Twitter. Others like you may have a podcast and write these wonderful previews and and give you know predictions about each big show and all these uh, all this material in this time that you dedicate to it so everybody's contributing on some sort of level and now it's just okay how can i seek out the information of you know and a lot of times i'll say i read a tweet which i don't necessarily will give credit to but i read a tweet today that said this because if one person said it maybe 10 others are thinking. you know but then there's others where i'd be like the debate on the uh, whether or not this should happen or whatever, should uh, you know, should Yoshihashi be thrown out into the street <laughs> with his bag thrown out uh, and kicked, or should he be allowed to continue to have this job? Uh, you know, rages on. Some people love him. Some people scratch their head and go WTF. And I'm kind of in that crowd. <laughs> it comes so, through. <laughs> yeah, like, but but I have to, but I have to tell that story, don't I? Because if not. I'm I'm leaving out a big what am I supposed to say about Yoshihashi if I don't tell the real story? Exactly. And I think it deepens who he is and, and now I'm sort of rooting for the guy. Jesus, he, people go crazy about him. There's probably more uh, column space devoted to Yoshihashi thoughts. For a guy that's done, let's be fair, he's done nothing in his career. He beat Kenny. Yeah, got a G one win, and that was it. Other than that, he's been a he's been a hanger honor. I remember, I I remember that G one match, and just thinking that was like the start of them trying to make him like some kind of replacement for Nakamura. It was like maybe six months after Shinsuke left. Yeah, and uh, boarded that not, that wasn't was not even a thing. And um, it, but again, it and you watch if you watch that match, you watch every G one match he had last year. So two years difference. Oh my God. Yeah. People had hope. People believed. He believed. And two years later, man, going through the motions. Yeah. Punching that time clock. Holy crap. What are you doing, dude? Why are you in this business? What are you doing? Um, I think that's that's as real a story that we can tell without, you know, uh delving into you know the others. I think we could be real. And we can be legitimate at the same time. Um, that's what I want. I want all of this conversation on air to be legitimate. And, and when there are times when it doesn't look as legitimate as we would like, I will kind of turn a blind eye. But I won't, um, I won't become ignorant all of a sudden. Sometimes I'll have fun with it. Sometimes I will just choose to ignore it. And... That's the editing process that we do live with no producers. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, I'm sure it must, coming from where you came from, it must be a huge improvement. Um, 
but as far the other thing I wanted to mention too about it maybe a big difference from American wrestling was it was there an adjustment period for you for like the unit system in New Japan because obviously you know I mean there's stables in American wrestling but it's not like these you know the the units in New Japan are just the units they don't change really you know they're the same units um, you know the the participants might change but the you know chaos is chaos you know Suzuki Goon is Suzuki Goon it almost leads more of like a team sports feel to it in some ways. Um, was that like an adjustment getting used, getting acclimated to that whole system? That was probably the easiest thing that I could adjust to because I could always go back to that. And it, they're not wearing the same jersey, but I know they're not fighting each other. So that's a that's always a good place to start. Um, and then trying to find the subtle differences between the factions. I mean, obviously, Bullet Club was sort of that, uh, you know, big elephant in the room that we could always talk about and point to but some of the more subtle things you know especially at, at is it we we went back and forth is it sekigun or is it hontai and <laughs> I'm, I'm like well it, i i guess it could be either you know chris was like yeah you could go either and i'm like i think hontai is a little easier to say I think everybody could write it out phonetically and, and, and get the spelling correct at the same time. Why don't we just try to stick with that? So that was always a little bit more nebulous because, so, well, uh, you know, here's GBH kind of fighting alongside. And now it's everybody's thrown into the stew and it's anybody but Bullet Club and Suzuki Goon. So. Yeah. And I guess LIJ too. It hasn't really been teaming with anybody. It's oh, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. So there's three factions, three factions that still are true units and then the other ones are a little bit blended now yeah i mean it's an interesting period and it makes you wonder where they're going with it but uh you know in some ways it feels like they don't want to give up the chaos t-shirts so but i wish you understand but um so that it's it's cool it's good you brought bullet club and how that can be a focus sometimes do you ever feel like trying to call maybe english language new japan um I assume maybe feel obligated to pay more attention to either wrestlers or talent or stories that you think are going to appeal more to the English language fan base. Um, you know, do you ever feel that push and pull of like what I think will appeal more to the English language fan base versus what new Japan itself might be doing more for the Japanese fan base? Never consciously. That's a really good question. Um, there are, there's probably differences between tastes, which might be language driven. Like I'm not sure the Japanese fans get bullet club. They might get the other groups more, you know, uh, because of the heavy English presence. I'm not sure. That's just, that's just something I'm thinking out loud about. Um, if, there are some times where things are pushed, you know, those little push notifications that go out to the fan club members that we are not, we don't have any clue about. And every once in a while, somebody will say, Oh, did you see this thing about this? And I'm like, what? No, I have no idea. And I can't think of a, I can't think of an example, but it might be, um, Oh, so-and-so's movie is coming out movie. I didn't even know they were in a movie, not uh, Tanahashi, for example, but you know, something like that. Oh, I remember one. Hiromu was in a, a lip gloss commercial. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody explained that to me at all. Like, what is this? Is this a spoof? 
is this a real thing? No, it's legit. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, this is different. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten some information about it. Maybe next, maybe next time that somebody secures a, a lip gloss sponsorship, let me know. <laughs> Give me a heads up, boys. Um, but as far, I, I guess, like, also, you know, being a prominent English language voice, have you seen, too, like, the different ways, I guess, on Twitter, the the English language fan base might be split? Like, maybe you'll see, like, you know, the Bullet Club fans versus the maybe fans that are more into uh, the Japanese wrestlers versus people who are very into LIJ. Like, have, have it been more obvious, like, the fault lines of even the English language fan base? It. You know, and again, yeah, um, and I'm sort of the voice for everybody, so I try not to get too deep in the weeds with that stuff. Yeah. But I is there let me ask you, is there sort of an old old fan, new fan kind of uh divide, which there, I think might be more pronounced than I like one faction over another? There is sort of it, it it's it's a very weird divide. I don't know how to say it. like there's people who are very um there's people who are very into what New Japan used to be that don't like the current New Japan. Um, there are people who are, you know, have been fans all this time and maybe have a greater emotional attachment to the older wrestlers than like newer fans might. Uh, but there's some newer fans that love the the third generation guys too. Right. And, I, and it's, I think the biggest divide I've noticed is probably, and this is dissipated a lot over because of what's happened. But the biggest divide pre 2019 was like elite fans versus not elite fans. That to me was like the biggest divide, but um, yeah, I never got, I never sensed that the Japanese fans uh, gave two shits about those, but the elite, <laughs> they didn't get it. They didn't care. That's my, that's my reading too, but people do not want to hear that. If you, if you were saying that out loud, I just, and, and it didn't mean, it didn't mean that they weren't popular or that, you know, they didn't work hard or didn't have good matches. It's just the crowd reaction wasn't there. And when when we were in Fukuoka and it was Kenny versus Hangman and Cody versus Ibushi, good lord. Yep, I know I remember. It was not it was not a not a passionate crowd and you No, know. and they were killing themselves, working their asses off. The hangman got knocked out like not cold by a that running v-trigger at the end of the match for what for no reaction so you know i think that that i think where things stand now is probably the best for everybody i think everybody i think everybody need a little break and i think it's gonna work out fine i totally i mean i totally agree and i think you know Maybe what their elite's going to do now is more for is going to be better for those type of fans anyway. Um, yeah, okay. I, which is which is cool. Um, and some of the stuff, you know, some of the nuance stuff with uh, Bullet Club is that the Japanese fans don't get it. Yeah, um, I don't think they understood the whole good guy thing that Tamatanga was trying to portray, um, and. Then, but then they got his the flip. They understood that, you know, because it was yeah. pretty. It was pretty clear. So sometimes a straight line and a simple story is best. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so this seems like a good point to transition into what's coming up uh, less than a week from now, actually. The G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden, <laughs> New Japan and Ring of Honor. Uh, I will be there, and of course, Kevin, I assume you will be there. And I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of this little fan dance that they're doing. Can you just tell the fans who's announcing the show? It's me, Ian, and Colt. <laughs> okay. Right? So you can tell the world. It's me, Ian, and Colt. Now, they may have other ROH guys chiming in from time to time. But I'm going to be there to do mostly the New Japan. You know, I'm doing all the New Japan matches. But if there's an ROH match, I probably won't be sitting there. Or if I'm sitting there, I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it's going to work. I mean, that's um, how I felt. That's how I felt just doing the preview content for the show. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't got a lot to say about Dalton Castle Grouch. I'm glad we have Ring of Honor people on staff that can <laughs> talk about. Yeah, that. exactly. Right, because I'm not, I'm not following it. Uh, yeah. So, it, but it's a, um, it's going to be interesting. Let's just say. Yeah, I mean, did you ever think you'd be back in Madison Square Garden? It's pretty stunning, right? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I never, I never ever thought I was going back to WWE. Yeah. And I'm a thousand percent sure I'm never going back there. Um, and uh, no, the thought of someone else, some other company running MSG. Oh. And I know, I know for a fact, I know for a fact, John, that Vince is still pissed off about this. <laughs> uh, still. Makes me very, it makes me very happy to think about that. Right, right. So this is a win for the, this is a win for the home team. Um, and there you go. Uh, is there, so the big match is obviously new Japan. I think they blew everybody out of the water last week when they announced those two additional match singles matches. Um, you know, me personally, I did not see either one of those coming, especially, you know, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. I really thought, would have thought for sure. If you put a gun to my head, I would have told you they were saving that either for Dontaku or for, um, the Sengoku Lord of Nagoya. Um, but we're getting in there. They could have even they could have even held that off for Dominion. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, the best thing that they're doing is doing this match now. Because those two guys are absolute maniacs. And it will give them the most amount of time to recover for uh Dominion, the G one, and Wrestle Kingdom. Hopefully they'll be right for all three, but it's not a guarantee. Because one of these and I'm, I'm this is not wrestling announcer bullshit. This is real fact. One time, something's going to happen, and one of them isn't going to get up. Mm. I hate. I love their matches. I love both of them personally, but I hate watching them. It scares me to death. And there are some people that like looking at the car crash, and I'm, I'm one that says, well, why do we need a car crash? <laughs> please. Please, no more car crashes. I love them both dearly. And I want them to live long, happy lives. But for some reason, they love just throwing themselves on each other's on their necks. They really do. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad we're getting it done here at MSG. I can only imagine the Masters Square Garden, what they're going to do. But it's going to be, I'm sure, an incredible show. Yeah. Um, adding that, and then also, obviously, Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the British title. Um, you know, two really big, two great additions to this card. Yeah, and playing off of what happened in the New Japan Cup. Yeah. Uh, which I just, again, that episodic nature. Zach in his, you know, 
ginormous vegan hubris decided not to go after Tanahashi's leg legs. Uh, and then Sonata did. So what do you think Zack Sabre's going to do to Tanahashi in New York? Probably go after his legs. Yeah. He's going to twist him up like a pretzel. So the question is, does Tano avoid it? Again, remember, Minoru Suzuki owned Tana for like 95% of their G1 match until the one inverted dragon screw and he stole away a win, got two points. But I, you know, everybody's basically writing in Suzuki. Oh, there's no way Tanahashi's coming back. Wait, one inverted dragon screw later, the match turns, Tanahashi wins, and everybody goes, wow, how the hell did that happen? And he kept winning and kept winning. And, you know, he had the little stumble against Jay White, but then kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And then draw at the end and won the final. So he can do it. He can win. And I think that would be wonderful for everyone if Tanahashi is the Rev Pro undisputed British heavyweight champion. That would be a unique accomplishment. Maybe something to build for Royal Quest, too. Yeah, sure. It's a, um, it, there, there's so many. To me, there's very few linear, you know, there's there's pros and cons with Jay White and Okada. Well, who wins? Well, I don't know who wins. Well, what happens if so-and-so wins? Oh, okay, now we're having a conversation. You can make pros and cons about both guys. You can make pros and cons about Ibushi and Naito. You can do the same thing with Tanahashi and Zach. I think it's fascinating. Um you know, Osprey and Cobb, a lot of things. The tag situation is way too muddled for me. Yeah, I definitely I would have loved I would have loved straight up two on two, but now man, all the kids are in the pool and <laughs> the rules are kinda like good, good. you're gonna have a hard time just trying to explain the, the fact that like, you know, a, a Briscoe could pin evil and become <laughs> double tag champions despite neither team being the current Ring of Honor or IWGP champions. Right. It's going to be a fun one trying to explain. If, I is there, I, and I should have looked at this because I, I had a thought the other day. Uh, actually, Andy Quilden from Red Pro had approached, when I was still with Ring of Honor, had kind of approached the idea of sort of doing like a wrestling World Cup at some point, you know, with CMLL, Red Pro, ROH, New Japan all involved. And it was sort of like his, you know, fantasy booking hat on idea. But I was trying to think like, Oh man, if you had, if you had, uh, if you took out, say, Evil and Sonata, yeah, and you put in Suzuki and Zach, the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Champs, then I was like, oh wait, is there a CMLL tag team champions? They don't do very much in the way of belts. I know they have like trios and things they have like a, that. A, they do have a lot of belts. I'm not, let me see real quick. I'm curious now. See, you could I'm Google actually... it. You could Google it. Yeah. I know, John. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They have, okay, so there's a lot of different tag champions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess the world tag team champions would be uh, Valiente and Diamante Azul. That would be like. that would be interesting. Yeah, but you throw you throw all four companies and all four tag team champions in, then one team wins all four. Think about that. That would be pretty cool. And then you got like the Ultimo Dragon eight belt thing spread out amongst two guys. Yeah, uh, and then you, you're guaranteed of seeing the the winner uh, in you know all four companies. That would be just that would be just interesting, and they could get a lot of play out of that. But um, you know, I'm glad the Briscoes are in that match now. Um, 
So to say, if they were going to have an ROH tag match in Madison Square Garden and not have the Briscoes in it, yeah, it is kind I would have I would have thrown my hat. <laughs> but that's my that's my little that was a Steve Austin thing. Uh, so Steve would always have the hat on, and if he's watching the monitor and something would be dumb or didn't make sense to him, he would take the hat and feign like throwing it, like you know, <laughs> feigning anger. So that was kind of like my, that was my throw the hat. That'd be my throw the hat moment. Like what the f are you guys doing? But as it is, they somehow got back in. Ian, my boy, please tell me how these all. How yeah. the hell did we get here? <laughs> I could tell you what. I can tell you why Evil and Sonata are in it. I can tell you why uh, the the Gorillas of Destiny are in it. Uh, Go for it, Ian. (laughs) Help me explain this, yeah. Yeah. Um, The junior title three-way, that's a little bit of a sleeper match, I think, on the card. Really could deliver something outstanding there. I'm interested in it um, from a... Oh, yeah, it could be really great. Could also be rough. But I'm mm-hmm. hopeful. I'm hopeful that it's going to be um, really super strong. And I I don't know. Like, um, Ishimori and Dragon Lee and Bandito, have they ever been all been in the ring to, together? I mean, did, well, Dragon Lee and, and Ishimori, yes, last year. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. And then obviously I think a lot of people are still waiting on that Hiromu appearance. So Yeah, right? When is that gonna when is that gonna be? Yeah. I know it's I know it's coming. Yeah. It'll be I, it'll be cool when it does. And I guess the other thing we can talk about then is the main event. Jay White and Kazuchika Okada. The IWGP heavyweight title. Uh, are we getting the big Rainmaker moment at the end of Madison Square Garden? The bucks from the sky, all that good stuff. I go, I go back and forth. Who closes it out? Is it Okada or is it Jay White? I can make, I can make a hundred arguments both ways, and and they, it it's kind of like. The ROH title deal, um, t- it, but but kind of in an in a in the opposite sense. I was saying, well, Taven has to win because if Taven doesn't win, he should just quit the company. Because how many chances has he gotten? We know Marty's leaving, so please. But if they don't give Taven the belt, and if they don't, if he doesn't win, then what the heck are they doing? I don't think that's the same situation with Okada. And it's not the same situation with Jay White. Uh, you have two, um, you know, zero defense title reigns back to back. Do you have Okada because he's the biggest star in the company? Is he the right guy in the right place at the right time and closes out at MSG? Because that, by the way, is the main event. That will be the last match of the night. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, man. I go back and forth on it. It's incredible. Great physical chemistry between the two. I think it's going to be an outstanding match. 
Only 14 minutes at the Dome. I think we're going to see a little uh, longer song being played. So we'll see. But I think it's a uh, – and both guys come in healthy. Um, Okada never looked better than he did for, for my money in the New Japan Cup. Uh, he might still be floating above the ring, uh, throwing that missile drop kick on Sonata. He might still be hanging there. It's just, it's amazing. I've never seen an athlete like him in my life. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really fascinated. What do you think? What's, uh, what's the buzz? What's the word on the street? What are I, the kids talking about? Okay, Charlie? well, I, on the street, I think everybody expects Okada to win. That's okay. That's the vibe. Like I don't, I don't, don't think most people even think Jay has, Jay has a chance, honestly. Um, so if Jay White does win, it'll be like a. Okada Naito or Okada Tanahashi level of stutter to people. Okay, but but I think people should keep in mind maybe that they they've done they did both of those. So and people you know. are still people are still crying about Naito. Yeah, yours true. There's <laughs> they're still crying. <laughs> they're still crying. There's everybody's like, not everybody. Excuse me. I hate when people do that, and I just did it. Um, there were there were several that I read. It was like, oh, they're screwing up. How could they do this? They don't know what they're doing. They're ruining the guy. He's more popular than ever. I do agree with that. I think it's, I, I was w- really worried at the time too, but I do think if there are some people who are very stubborn on that and insist it really hurt him. But if you, if you listen to the crowds, he's still very beloved. So yeah, look at all the merch. Yeah. By the way, I went to the, uh, went to the new Japan shop there in Suidobashi. And I do that every once in a while, and I just go and look and see what they have, and it's fun. And I um, usually like who's ever there at the shop. In fact, like uh, supposedly Ricky Dozan's wife works there a couple of days a week or a day a week. Ooh, wow. I, I've yet to meet her, but I, that would be fascinating. But I invariably get into a little chat. Like, hey, how are tickets selling for this? And they'll take out the seating chart and show me. How's this selling? You know, I was like, oh, this was – this was around Wrestle Kingdom. I said, what are the top selling shirts here? And he pointed at the LIJ shirts. There were three. And he said, well, duh, those are at the top. And then Kenny. And then uh, I said, oh, okay. So this, I said, which one of these three LIJ shirts is number one? No, no, no. This one is number one. This one is number two. This one is number three. Oh, the three top selling shirts in the shop are <laughs> LIJ shirts. Yes. And then number four selling shirt is Kenny. Uh, maybe, maybe this older LIJ shirt. I don't know, but pretty close. Jesus Christ. The top four selling shirts are LIJ. And we were ready, you know, people were ready to, you know, hang themselves when Naito didn't win the belt. I think it worked mm. out. Yeah, I think he is going to get it at the Dome next year anyway, but we'll see. He's got two uh, nights. Maybe he could have two chances. Maybe we'll maybe. suck the life out of the room two different times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the one last thing about MSG before I move on, because I meant to ask you this earlier, but just remembered. What was it like recording those bar MSG shows that went up on New Japan World? Because oh, those, well, like, those were like a cool little thing. I, wa- I just watched them recently, and it just seemed like, Seemed like you're having a lot of fun doing. We it. did. We did have a lot of fun. I felt like they really did a nice job of um, bringing. It was a legit bar. 
in Rapongi. And it like it too. we were, sh- we shot them, you know, at either, uh, Osprey and I did our first one, like at eight o'clock right after we both had landed. Um, and then juice and Finley was in the morning and then, um, Jay and, uh, the gorillas will be up next. And we did that one in the morning as well. So that's the last one that's still yes. going to go up. Yeah. Cause they're, there's there's also a bunch obviously they did with the Japanese crew. Um, I never saw them. They, yeah, they're in the same on, bar. Oh yeah, in the same bar. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that they were doing that. They didn't tell us. Yeah, but I don't know if you know this too. The the ones you went up with you guys, they all have Japanese subtitles on New Japan World. So, like, if Japanese fans want to watch it, they can do that. Do the Japanese ones have American subtitles? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so they're really trying to bridge that language gap, which is good. I had an idea and I had talked with Milano about this. I want to do for either Dominion or for the Dome. I want to do a blended, like a pregame show with him and me Mm. where we lay out questions and answers ahead of time. I know what he's going to say. He knows what I'm going to say. He can answer in Japanese and I will act as if I know it. So, and then there's quickie, translations of my part in Japanese and his part in English. And it, it wouldn't be like an hour long talk like you and I are doing. It would be short. Yeah. Choto, choto soundbite. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Um, and I think that would be how we can blend the teams together, how we can blend the voices together and everybody for something. So one time I might ask Milano a question or I might throw to, Let's show you why these wrestlers are wrestling at this big event. Um, but Milano might have the reaction on the other side. And it would be just different. I think it would be fun. And because Milano's gotten over so much with the English speaking audience because he's always doing something. He's got <laughs> yeah. the plastic scythe or the paradise lock with Rocky or being a fanboy for Chase or Evelyn Sonata. It's you know, so funny, it, right? How you went from feuding with Lij to like being their big fan for now. Yeah, he was so hot at Sonata when Sonata first started using the Paradise Lock. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It was awesome. Um, I do love i I love everything about Milano. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was he was like one of believe it or not, he was like my first like Japanese wrestling like like the first person I was a huge fanboy of. Like that was the first the first time I was getting Japanese wrestling was like I, a tape I purchased of the Toriyaman 2000 project. Yeah. He was, he was like the big ace. So I was just, uh, he was, he was an awesome wrestler back in this day too. Like, I don't know if he, newer fans probably have no idea, but you should definitely go check out. He wrestled this, like this really cool, like they call it like Lave or I might, I might even be pronouncing that wrong. Is it Oyave? Yave? Is it L-L? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like he just he would just like twist guys into pretzels. I mean the Paradise Lock gives you a little bit of a view of it, but once you when you actually see him back in the day, like he just would do all these like funky submissions and technical wrestling. It's actually not that thinking about it, it's not that far off from what Zach does now. It so. is it's the Mexican version of the British catch style. Yeah. Mexican, so. South American, British catch. <laughs> it's fascinating to watch. I, I love I love that style. Uh, you know, and I knew Milano 
from being in the States and we were never on shows together, but I saw his name all the time. Yeah. And, you know, he competed in ROH. I think he did stuff with Chikara. He was here, there and everywhere um, for what? A good 12, 18 months, something like that. He was here. Yeah. Like basically between Dragon Gate and New Japan. So, right. Um, Okay. So if you're still willing to, before you wrap up, I do have a lot of listener questions we can go through. So By the way, good me. call on getting some uh, listener questions here because if there's stuff that you really didn't want to ask me, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe the uh, yeah. Oh well, you know, Kevin, if, I don't. I would never say such a thing. But here, <laughs> from this guy who tweeted this question, and this gives them, this gives you all the cover you need. That is true. <laughs> uh, okay, so first of all, Emilio Hernandez, what's something that you really pushed or? Or have wanted to push to, to the office to do more or less of? Or do you feel like it's not really your place? Oh, God, no. Uh, the reason why we did all the G1s is because I've been haunting them. Uh, I said, we need more content. We need more shows. We need to cover these things like sport. And they finally relented with, you really want to do the whole G1? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then we did, and it was amazing. So, um, no, I'm not shy about. I, I'm I'm very polite, but good, bad, or indifferent, I make my opinions known. And if I have an idea or something that I would like to do that I think will work, that I know will work, I'll voice it. It's not a problem. That sounds great. Um, okay, Bill Dixon. Kevin, in your opinion, what is New Japan's biggest challenge when it comes to Western expansion? What do you recommend to the higher-ups to help improve future attendance at North American shows? Good question. Uh, the biggest the biggest issue that they are going to have is so much of American fans, Western fans, consume wrestling now via apps and streaming, and apps and streaming is not a big thing in Japan. I can't tell you how people get the information in Japan, whether it's through the fan club or through push notifications or whatever, Um, but they all know when the shows are, and they're all there, and the seats are full. They don't have a weekly television show. They do, but it's on at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it does – and it's half an hour and it doesn't air at consistent times. So I think that that's one of the biggest uh, understanding that the need for improvement on new Japan world across all different platforms available on every device, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, needs to be front and center ahead of everything. Uh, Before you order another canvas, you should fix the app. We should do something with that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. That's how important it is. But it's way down. I feel it's way down on the list of priorities. Uh, because I, it's not a thing. And there, there are other things that are more important. So that's kind of one of the biggest things. In terms of uh, promotion, uh, I'm not sure how they promote successfully in Japan. So I can't say what they need to do in America. I know what does work in America is uh, the same things that have worked for a hundred years and that's advertising. So if you want to tell people when a show is, you got to tell them, tell them, tell them and tell them again. 
and I'm old school. Radio still works and billboards work. And, you know, but there's, there's other forms of media now that people can utilize. So you have to promote, you have to advertise. It it can't just be through osmosis. Yeah. Uh, Casual Wayne. Kelly, Kevin Kelly does a great job adapting to your surroundings when it comes to broadcast partners. Uh, So I guess that's just a compliment he's offering you. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Who is your favorite one to work with besides Poffo? Well, as long as that's, you know, don't make me did choose you, there. Did you ever work with Larry Poffo? I don't think you did, right? I think that we, was the we, other we guy. A couple of a couple of a couple of shows. Oh, okay. I thought that was mostly uh, the Saskatchewan guy. No, no, no. Uh Rocky's my favorite. I love Rocky. Because he's current, he knows way more than he ever lets on about wrestling in general. Like he's one of the most knowledgeable guys I've ever met. And I love his voice. I love his personality and I have fun with him and he's my favorite. I mean, he does come across you two clearly enjoy uh, working together. So I have fun. I try to have fun with everybody, even Chris, you know, so um, it's a, um, yeah, I, I just want to make sure that it's out there that, you know, I heart Rocky Romero. <laughs> uh, Thoros with a two part question. First of all, what's just your favorite venue that New Japan regularly runs? And then second of all, what's your favorite in a secondary market that we Western fans may not think about as much? Ah, good question. I, I, well, Coroquin is my favorite. I mean, how, um, can it, how can it not be, right? That place is just like, I, I, if you can feel it the moment you walk in there. Yeah, it's awesome. Um. And it's right next door to the Tokyo Dome Hotel, which I freaking love. That I can walk five minutes, be back upstairs, and drop my bag off, and you know, take my suit jacket off, and be back in my hotel room after the show. To me, is amazing. I love it. Um, but then Ryogoku has a lot of charm, and I love yeah. that place. It's another. Great um, one. I'm trying to remember the town, but kind of my favorite like non build is Dolphins Arena. And I oh, that's, say, that's I, Nagoya. Is Aichi? That's Nagoya, yep, Aichi. Nagoya. Yep. That building, there's not a bad seat in the house. There's a wrestling cliche. And it just, it's it's big and it's cool. Um, it, It's just a neat building. Um, So yeah, that's always... That's always my um, – what other one was really nice? So mention, too, you'll be there two weeks after MSG saying Goku Lord. Yes, yes. Um, Fukuoka's great. Um, there's a uh, – the, the building that I hope we never go back to for any televised event was Hachioji in the, that we did for a G1. It was one of the early G1s. It was just – it's like an hour west of Tokyo. Oh, I know you're talking. That's like where my like the Makabe building. I would call it in my head because I think he lives nearby. Yeah, what a I didn't like that. <laughs> and it was ghastly hot, right? So, um, they were trying to get as much air conditioning into the arena as they could because it was like 97. They had a string of days through the G1 
where it was over 100 degrees, right? So on this day, it was only 97. But the poor air conditioning of the building was working so hard that they had diverted the AC out of the hallways around the outside of the arena. And just trying to get as much colder as they could into the arena, it didn't really matter because it was still, you know, a uh, sweat box inside. But the hallways, oh, my God, they were like 150 degrees. <laughs> it was the hottest building I've ever been in in my life. It was like, get me out of here, please. I can't take this anymore. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of great lot of great venues. Everyone's kind of unique. Um, you know, where we just were in Niigata, I love that building. And um, it's just neat, great sight lines. If you're standing up in the concourse, you know, on the third level, uh, and you look down, it's just got a really cool vibe. We use that for a couple of like pregame shows. So um, I always try to get that the where we are in to kind of the, you know, sights and sound and what we're talking about. Uh, Jose Maya wants to not put Rocky in the paradise lock where you're afraid that you were next. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, Rocky got what he deserved. See, the reason why Sonata put Rocky in the Paradise Lock is because Rocky took off, he got up from the table and was sticking his nose where it didn't belong. And that's what happens when you mess. See, you get tied up, and then Sonata put your headset back on. on your <laughs> that, head. that was incredible. And then I realized that the microphone portion of it was pushed away from his face. So I snaked the little handheld microphone down. So I and I had that like dangling right by his mouth so I could hear him his cries for help. <laughs> uh, Chris Damasenko, who was the biggest driver within the New Japan office for not only bringing in translations for the post match comments, but also on content such as the recount and the wire? Hmm. It's a um it's a team effort. It really is. Um, I've met with, you know, members of the international department and, but then the heads of new Japan world and TV side team and access and everybody's always into everything that we're doing. Everybody has, I've never heard one person say, no, well, that's a terrible idea. We should never do that. It's just a question of bandwidth and manpower. So yeah, everybody's kind of on board. Like, for example, the microphone that I talked about that I snaked down in front of Rocky, right, when he was trapped in the Paradise Lock because, John, as we just learned, he stuck his nose in business that it didn't belong. Um, that was because I had asked uh, one of the New Japan World producers at the time, Yuji Kitano, who was the head of New Japan World. I would love to be able to get sound from uh, wrestlers as they walk to or from the ring. And I was tired of like taking my headset off and putting the microphone on. Could I get a hand handheld mic? And he was like, we could do that. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the next show I had a handheld mic. And now because I have a handheld mic, I'll always have a handheld mic, which is wonderful. So yeah. when they get, when the, when the wrestlers come by, I'm always turning that thing on. Cause you don't know what they're going to say. Sometimes <laughs> they say, sometimes they say nothing. Uh, we had Jesus, uh, Okiyama, Evil, and Suzuki in a tag fighting just to my right, just to my right. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm the storm chaser in that regard. I will stay as close as I can to the action. 
and hopefully not get hurt. Uh, so Suzuki decides to run Evil's head into our table, and just before he does, I turn on the handheld microphone. It sounded like a house fell on him. It was yeah. amazing sound, right? Because you're just doing that. So um, those little things, all those little things add up, and it's a very collaborative effort between everybody. So yeah, without the partnership and the you know the help from New Japan World and TVSI and everybody involved, it's just wonderful lord taichi's number one disciple when did you realize that taichi was the best wrestler of all time well obviously i mean if you didn't know now you know (laughs) um it was i felt like he was stealing money when i first got here (laughs) and then all of a sudden maybe somebody caught on to it and said we really pay this guy hey brother how about putting a little effort in okay and then he you know was like at a six and occasionally gets up to an eight <laughs> you know went real hard at Ishii a couple of weeks ago and uh you know it went incredibly hard at Naito yeah that match was amazing god damn yeah but the rest yeah. of the time it's you know kind of low gear low gear tight I, I love it, it. I, I love him anyway the entrance and everything oh he's amazing he's yeah. amazing and what a wrestling announcer goldmine he is. Look at all the material that he gives us to work with from the entrance. Yeah. Uh, all the Mi- way to the. Miho. Oh, Miho. My gosh. Uh, <laughs> she, no lie. One time she shot us a dirty look as she was walking away. <laughs> we were at Cork and it was amazing. And it was sort of like that little snotty girl on the playground. We turn around and stick a tongue out. It was like one of those faces. Now, I think she's in on it. I think she knows we're all working together here. But I just, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I can't believe this just happened. Um, And from the, you know, the pants coming off and whole bit and the stick and the, you know, the bag now. Oh, my God. Now, if you follow, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how to get back on her good side, which is take her to the nearest Pachi slot place. And show her a slot machine. Those, I'll tell you what, man, that's like a big thing with the boys. Holy crap! Oh, they all they all love it too, huh? They love it. No I'll be surprise. on the bus, and it's like, wow, everybody's asleep. Oh my god, how they sleep like this on the bus? Well, they were up all night. <laughs> oh, okay. Not drinking, not doing anything bad, just sitting there playing slot. Well, you gotta lay, get out the steam somehow. Bless their hearts. At uh, AWQ 1985, did you ever envision yourself calling matches for WWF, Ring of Honor, and New Japan? And is Okada better with the short or long pants? Wow, gosh. Let's start. Let's start with question number two. I think the short pants, short pants pop is going to run through. It's starting to wane. I think we need a little, a little something. Um. Short pants, Okada gets my vote. I don't know if he would have still had the height or the hang time uh, on the drop kick against Sonata if he was, you know, burdened by long pants. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first part of the question? Like, did you ever envision yourself having being able? To oh God, call... working for WWF, Ring of Honor, and and New Japan. God yeah. no. I thought I was. I, because I grew up in Florida, 
And I was born in New York, then grew up in Florida. I thought I was going to work in WCW. Mm. I thought I'd be there. I wanted to be there. That was the product that I liked. Well, I liked it when it was Jim Crockett promotion. Yeah. And then when it became Jim Hurd, and that was that outfit. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Wasn't a big fan of the Ding Dongs, Kevin Kelly. No, no, no. I will go on record and say I was not <laughs> a big fan of the Ding Dongs. Um, but I kind of always thought I would be there. And and when I got my WWF audition on June 6th of uh, 1996, um, I was like, well, this will be a nice day trip. You know, and then I wound up getting the job. Wait, what? Um, and uh, of course, ROH, when it was Gabe and those guys, Gabe hates me for some reason, which is fine because I hate him. <laughs> um, I hate Gabe because he hates me. Because I don't know why he hates me. No. Like he was shooting handheld cameras. He was the, the, the little guy recording the shows the ecwa shows that i would i did with jim kettner back in the late 90s and the super eight is where he got the idea for doing roh super eight tournament oh get the best wrestlers from all over the country and put them in the ring and you know in a tournament oh what if we did that every night ding that's ring of honor uh so no i never thought i would work for ring of honor and uh new japan are you kidding me I'm. I speak English. I could you never. Had to, you had to invent a new position. I mean. <clears throat> yeah. Someday, Kevin, there will be. I always wanted to go back in time, knowing what you know now, and you go back in time. I wanted to be the guy that to create the Undertaker character. Uh, mm. Bring that to Vince. Think about it. You know, Vince. There's a guy. <laughs> there's a guy in WCW. His name is Mark Callis, and uh, you'll see him on uh, TV, whatever. And then, check this out. We got a manager for him. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait for it. Paul Bearer. Get it? Get it? Get it? Oh, thanks for all the money, Vince. Give me residuals every year. It's okay. So, yeah, you go back in time. You know what you know now? Wow, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. But that uh, to to be able to say that I've done that is that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, Waza, how much time do you spend in Japan during the year? Also, what other Japanese promotions interest you? Um, how much time do I spend in Japan? Pretty much whatever the tours are, right? I mean, yeah. I I was just there. I was just there for three weeks. I'm home for ten days, and then I go back for the start. Uh, well, I go back for the uh, Senkoku Lord 420 event. And then stay through Dantaku. And then I'm home for a week. And then I go back for Best of Super Juniors and stay through Dominion. So that gives you a little bit of indication. Basically, seven out of nine weeks, I'll be in Japan. Um, so you're call Did you call every Best of Super Juniors show last year, too? Or is that a new, not a new thing? I don't think so. I think that's that. I think that's a new thing now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it'll breaking. be. I think this will be the first. I have to look back at my notes, but I think I did because there were some that I did here in the states. Yeah, that's right. You guys put them up after the fact. Yep, I yep. do remember that now. Yeah. So this will be the first time you're there for the entire Best of Super Junior. Exactly. And um, 
other promotions I really don't get. I don't have time to follow. Um, and there's not, if it was on TV and I was in the hotel room, I'd watch it because I'm flipping around the dial and I'm begging to find anything sports, right? I will watch because I love having the TV on in Japanese, no matter what. And I'll watch different shows for cultural significance. What is this? You know, they love cooking and they love eating. Um, and they love you know, popping a big bite of food into their mouth, then the women especially will cover their mouth with their hand and say sagoi um, because it is so good. Or oishi, which is very tasty. And um, yeah, I'll watch curling. I've watched a lot of women's curling. They got, they're big into that. But it's, but uh, yeah, baseball, whatever season, whatever season. and, And if there's Japanese athletes playing it, they will put it on TV. It's pretty cool. But they don't put wrestling on TV, so that's yeah, it's, um, it's too, it's that's too bad a they, don't get, they don't get samurai, I guess. No, and because that's <laughs> yeah, the uh, what is it? J Sports. Uh, every once in a while, the hotel will have J Sports, and but then it's all WWE they show on there. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, see like the Japanese wrestling is all on Samurai TV or Ga- someone Gaiora. Yeah. So it's just very, I know it's like the satellite channels are very difficult to get access to. Right, right, right. Uh, at R. Langle, R. Langelis? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard, these Twitter names. Um, how do you prepare on calling each show, specific, uh, especially huge ones like MSG or Wrestle Kingdom? Oh, it's pretty much, um, pretty much the same. I try to think about what I'm going to say. And this I learned from Jim Ross. Explain who the guys are during their ring walk and tell me why the match is happening while they circle before they lock up. If you can tell the reason why this match is happening in that part where the ring announcer is jumping out of the ring, and they're starting to circle as the referee calls for the bell and before they lock up. If you can tell that that's why the match is happening, then it's a good story. If it's way too long and convoluted, then it's no good. So that's kind of what I start with. The ha- the, the how and the why. And why what the significance of the match is. And then from there, it's a lot of cross-research where I'll go back and it's like, I wrote something a while ago. And then I search all of my files and I try to find like things that I had written that I didn't, Oh, I had this stat. I had this little nugget and I didn't use it. Where is it? And then I search back through my files. I was like, Oh yeah, there it is. And then I'll copy paste, bring it in and then not use it again. Um, So I have, I have way too much material. I have way too much stuff for each match. And then as I'm starting to read through, What's everybody else talking about? If I find something good, oh, I found this great article on this, or I'm, I, you know, um, John Carroll insisted I plug his podcast. <laughs> God sake, um, you know. So I want to make sure that fans are are kind of tapping in, and I would have no problem. Like, I never even thought of this until just now. Like, I would have no problem sharing my notes. Mm. You know, like here's what I wrote. Here's here's kind of the follow along. <laughs> As I'm, as I'm reading, you know, as I'm on the air, 
Um, that might be kind of cool. I might try that sometime, see what kind of <laughs> interest there is. Because um, I don't know shit for what's going to happen. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I just call it and see it and call it. Um, yeah. So I'm prepared. Right. I'm prepared for... Uh, you're never going to see, oh, the script for Raw was left behind in the building, you know, and oh, look at all the detail. <laughs> we get a format sheet and it's just it's one sheet and it's just the matches in order and that's it. So they don't tell us when commercials are going to be played every once in a while. They'll drop in those insurance commercials. Oh, shit. Jesus. <laughs> They're, we're flying a commercial in now. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, boys. Um, can I can I ask you something real quick? Before yeah. The, about the format sheet, I've always assumed this, but maybe maybe you would even know. I think some people think the Japanese announcers get something closer to what wrestling announcers here get that are basically like these spoilers for what's going to happen. I don't think they do. Is that right? They just they get similar to you. They get what's going to like the matches are going to happen, but they don't know like what's going to happen before it happens. They it's do like a read. They do a read through. And they just go over why the match is happening. But they don't know the results either. Is what I'm God, no. They don't know anything. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I thought. I just wanted to confirm. They're more in the dark than I am. Because I travel with the boys. Not all of them. You know what I mean? Everybody's on separate buses and things like that. So I know little things and I drop little nuggets in all the time. That, you know, bus conversation or whatever. Train conversation. Um, little things like that. I have more access to the talent than they do. So yeah, they're completely in the dark. Bless their hearts. For people, yeah, for people who don't know at home, like the Japanese announcers tend to be either um, sometimes they're Tokyo sports journalists, sometimes they're um, they're television, but they have other jobs. Like it's not like they're full time New Japan most of the time. So right. Um, Calling the majority of the shows now is Murata and Milano. And then you start to see some of the other faces come in uh, for some of the bigger shows. There's a woman I always see on Samurai TV. I can remember her name. She's also a weather girl. Oh, is um, it Mickey or uh, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I can't either, but I know I got I her. Picture... I got her real good with the old uh, tap on the right shoulder as you're crossing to the left. I got her with that and Nagata and she laughed. So it was very, um, I was, I was wanting to get into the little gate area first, you know, because I, cause I, it's the 13th show in the 21st day. So tap her on the right shoulder and snuck around her. And then she loves, she loves Lucha. That's about main thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That. And then, um, and then I pointed at uh, Excalibur and spiked the football. Even though I didn't <laughs> the football. Did my little end zone dance. All right, so last few here. First of all, Yappy's Trap. What's your favorite New Japan match you've ever called? Gosh. All right, what's the next question? <laughs> You're not going to answer gotta that one. I gotta, No, I got to think. Okay. Uh, Frank Olson wants to know, do you like the format of rotating color commentators, or would you prefer to be on a consistent announced team for the New Japan shows? As long as where I would like to have a, a consistent broadcast partner is for the bigger shows and the ones that are on access. Mm. Uh, because I don't want to, I want to make sure that the access TV audience 
is getting uh, getting as comfortable as they can without, we don't want to confuse them. These are new people. And I want to make sure that as those folks are coming on board that, well, who's this guy with Kevin now? Who is this? I can't figure this out. Um, or, oh, I really liked when they have Rocky on there. You know, or, I really like this guy. I, I, I would like to have more consistency in that regard. But in terms of road to shows and things like that, I don't care. It's fun. It's something different. Keeps everybody guessing every single day. And the f- best match, favorite match to call. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I do have another I, one here if you want to keep thinking. I can't say one. I, I would say Naito and Okada from the Dome. It was it was an incredible match. Because that, like, I felt it viscerally at the end. The air was completely sucked out of the room. I took my headset off so I could hear the shock pop, you know, the gasp. I had to hear it because I felt it. So that was my, like, that one, like, moved me. But there's others. You know what I mean? I could I could come up with fifty different matches. Um, so because you you were not you weren't calling yet, right? The the twenty fifteen Russell Kingdom Tanahashi Okada. I don't. I think that was right before you started, right? Uh, no, yeah, I started with the twenty fifteen's uh King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, so that was like the a very similar thing as a fan, but I can imagine like just being in the building. It must have been in- incredible just to hear. Oof. I hear like 40,000 people just be like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. So why don't we wrap it up there? It seems like a good place to end. Kevin, um, I guess go ahead and plug your Twitter. I'm sure everybody listening probably knows it anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, I hope. Um, Please uh, follow and and send me some notes. And thanks to everybody who contributed questions. Um, I thought that was great. At real Kevin Kelly. it was a uh, it's it's a lot of fun doing this, and it, it's it's very much a collaborative effort. I have no problem. Other famous uh, English uh, commentators who don't work for uh, New Japan anymore, but work for WWE now, um, they got notes all the time. They just didn't give anybody credit. <laughs> They paid people to write their notes for them. Two different guys paid to have people write their notes for them. Never gave them credit. I think I love being able to bring as many people to the table as I can. And if you put out good work, if you put out something that I think is interesting, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to give you credit and I'm going to share it because I want people to see it. To see what I'm seeing. That's why I was like, I oh, I, I should put my notes up. Like, I would love to do that. Um, sometimes you'll see how little I write. And sometimes you'll see how much I write. It just depends on the match and the situation. And I don't do notes for every show, by the way, because sometimes I don't have a printer. Mm. Um, so I don't even bother. And that I'll just, I'll handwrite some things. Like, I'll take my printed notes from the day before. And I'll transcribe, but I'll keep my printed notes with me that I can. So I write some things on the format and I write some things 
in the margins of the notes. Um, but yeah, so I think that um, if you're if you're out there and you're a passionate New Japan fan or you're a new New Japan fan, somewhere in the between, if you're a lapsed fan, if you're arms folded, I hate everything new guy or girl, fine. Um, just participate and let's all do this together because um, that's that's the fun. That's where the learning is. So I'm looking forward to going to New York. I, I I could not care less about going to Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> I, right? You live in the city. I hate it. Hate, 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 hate. I don't want to go. But the one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing everybody. Because I know so many fans that have come on board and I've gotten to know through Twitter over the last few few months are going to be in New York. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Damon and Joel are both going to be there too, so. Damon is, you know, slowed down a little bit with the drinking because <laughs> good lord. No, there's no strong zeros for him this time. So he's probably yeah. got an angle though. You know what I mean? He's probably got a hookup. That's true. All right. So folks, thank you at always at home as always for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omakase. Wrestling doesn't fit. And we will see you next week. Um, I don't know what I'm doing at for Media Weekend. That's something we're gonna we're gonna see. I bought one of those little audio recorders. It's possible I might just record as I'm coming out of shows and stuff like that, and see who I can wrangle up as guests. But that might be the plan for next week. I don't want to promise anything though because it's possible. I'm just gonna hate the audio quality of trying to do that. You know what I'm talking about, right, Kevin? Those little like reporter mics. Uh, just... they're good. They're really good. Uh, I think you'll be happy with it. Um, but it, I, I, you know, I'm picturing like coming out of a midtown building and you're walking, crossing a street and all of a sudden <laughs> a gust of wind and it, it's going to sound like, uh, so yeah, you're going to have to play with a little bit. Yeah. So try to stand, try to stand still and, and keep the wind out of it. Try to find like a nice little cafe or something. I don't know. But oh, we'll they'll, hate, they'll hate you for talking. That, that actually, that's true. That's a good point. So we'll figure something out folks. Um, but that'll be the plan next week. Until then, uh, thank you as always for listening. Kevin, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you. And we will see you next time.